welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 20th of April 2014, entitled Sin's Dominion versus Grace's Freedom, Part 2. And the Bible reading is taken from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 23. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. If you'd like to be opening your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. I invite you to stand with us for the reading of God's holy word as we begin in Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. When ye were the servants of sin... You were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Well, the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Well, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we thank you again this morning for the privilege that we have of gathering together in your house. Lord, for your word that we have before us that has been preserved for us through the centuries. 
Father, we thank you for your spirit that lives within us. We thank you on this Resurrection Sunday. Lord, we thank you that we can truly celebrate in our hearts knowing, Lord, that just as Jesus Christ died for our sins and he rose again the third day, Lord, that we are alive in him today. Lord, that we have for our future hope the fact that he's returning for us and that we have all eternity to spend with him. Now, Lord, as we look into your word today, we recognize so very well, Lord, that it's not man's words and man's intellect that we need. But may we plead with you by the power of your spirit, not because that we are in any position to make demands, but because we, Lord, are in such great need, knowing that you are the only one that can speak to our hearts. You know the hearts of each individual that is here. You know the needs of each one. You know, if there are those that are lost that need to be saved, those that are saved that are walking afar off that need to be drawn closer, Lord, you know what every Christian is going to face today and tomorrow and next week and the week after. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would give to each one Lord, that which they need this day. And, Lord, that it would be done for your glory and for your honor. Of course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. We began looking at this passage last week. Because we're really looking at two things, and of course, as we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday, as we think upon the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the grave, we saw when we looked in this church and this passage that there were two things that were being said against each other. On the one hand, there was sin's dominion over our lives. But on the other hand, because of Jesus Christ and his death, his burial, his resurrection, because he lives, that no longer do we have to be under sin's dominion, but we can be freed in the grace of our Lord. We saw that dominion had the right to rule because back in the very beginning with the first man and the first woman in the Garden of Eden, that man was given that dominion over this earth. But man chose to disobey God. Sin entered in, and with sin came death. It was Satan himself there that brought forth the temptation. We find that man gave sin the right to rule. We also saw as we looked into this passage that he had the power to rule. We see the power that he has over our lives in the flesh. And of course, as we read through this chapter, we find this contrast being given to us. The Apostle Paul is writing to believers here, but he's reminding them of the dominion that sin had over them, of the, the bondage that they were in when they were in sin. We find that as we look there, we said the sad thing is, is that it's a bondage that no man can break of himself. Sin has control of our lives without Jesus Christ. We find that as we look there also that, of course, any time it comes to power and rule and dominion and these things, of course, greed is one of those things that always enter in. More power, more possessions, 
more position before men in their eyes. But we find that as we look through this passage that time and again he reminds us. He's reminding us of the wonder of God's grace. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. There is only one way that we can be set free from the dominion that sin and Satan has over us. That is that grace that is ours through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that sin that he bore to Calvary for you and I, he made it possible for us to be set free. Sometimes some of these spiritual things are hard for us to grasp when we're being given this picture here that when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, he died one time for all. And that we die with him. And if we're going to die to sin, the only place that is going to take place is at Calvary. I was sharing as we were talking we were talking about particularly prophecy and the Lord's second coming as a lecture at the Bible college this week. And of course, a lot of things come up. There's always so many, so many questions because of, you know, what the future holds for all of us. But I told you one thing that I read many years ago that was written by that great London preacher, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Mr. Spurgeon said, you can start anywhere in the scripture with any doctrine that you want. But there's only one place to go with it, and that's straight to Calvary, straight to the cross. You see, that's the truth, this wonderful, wonderful truths of salvation, of being set free from sin's dominion, of being free in Jesus Christ. But it's only because of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary. And because of the fact that as we read time and time and time, through here that he not only died, but he rose again the third day. That's what our celebrations are about today. You know, I'm sure there'll be some chocolate eggs eaten some, at some course during this day. But that's not what Easter's about. Easter's about our risen Lord. And as we think here today, as we look into this passage, and he, he asks us these questions over and over knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve him. For he that is dead is freed from sin. If we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And of course, that's the great contrast to what we saw as we talked about this great dominion and bondage that Sin and Satan has over our lives in the flesh. But as we look here today, we would ask ourselves, why can we have that confidence of knowing that sin no longer has that dominion over us? How can we have that confidence of knowing because we've been set free? I hope that none of you have ever had to Spend any time, let alone any extended time, in the jails of this world, in bondage to someone else, locked away, 
with no chance of being released until somebody came and unlocked that door and set you free. You couldn't free yourself because you were in bondage. You were under the dominion of someone else. But we find that that's exactly the picture that we're given here, that we're bound away, and we don't have the key to get out. But Jesus Christ is that key. He says, for ye are not under the law, in verse 14, but under grace. You see, the law would never allow us freedom. Why? Because none of us are able within ourselves to live accordingly. Sin kept us in bondage. We could never, ever, ever live up to God's law. We could go right through the list and we could ask ourselves, you know, when, whether it's to tell a lie, whether it's to have the wrong thought, whether it's to put God first. There's so many things there, folks. The problem is not God's law. Paul said, without the law, I wouldn't have known sin. But sin didn't begin because God gave us the law. Sin began well before the law was given in the Garden of Eden. We were under the dominion of sin from the Garden of Eden onwards. When God gave us his law, it allows us to recognize our sin and what that sin is. We see God's holiness. We see the requirement. If when sin entered into the garden, death came with it, if the wages of sin is death, then God wanted to give us that gift. But the gift of God, it says here, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, liberty is just an elusive dream. If we're trying to break the bondage of sin and ultimately the penalty of sin within ourselves. God's law is very simple. It shows us the holiness of God, what is expected. And when what is sin is to go contrary to God. Under the law, it's very simple. It's either do or die. Do or die. I've said many times, we try to, to grasp this idea that anywhere sin comes, death must come with it. Sin must be dealt with. The smallest sin that ever committed, if turned loose in heaven, would destroy heaven just like it destroyed the earth. Sin must be totally annihilated and wiped out. And one day, it will be. Because that death, which is the consequence of sin, death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. They will be destroyed to never have that opportunity to affect another person's life. You see, we're free from the dominion of sin. We're set free under grace because, yes, of that simple truth, because we are no longer under the law. You see, the law is what produces guilt. The law is what will show us that we're guilty. You go into the courts of this land, what are they going to try you for? That you have broken the laws, the statutes that have been laid down that we must live by. And if you break those laws 
then there are consequences that must be suffered. God has shown us what his law is, what, what his standard is, and it's only then that guilt can come. And of course, the sentence with sin is death. So we would find ourselves in a hopeless condition. Paul likens the law to a schoolmaster. <laughs> that schoolmaster that would lead us to Jesus. You see, it's the law that will show you how crooked that you are. But the law was never given to straighten out your crooks. The law was given that you could see those crooks, that you could see your failings, that you could see whether you're guilty. In the very next chapter, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 7, he says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. How can we be, how can we know that we're guilty of something if we're not shown what we're supposed to be doing? You see, Sin didn't come with the law. Sin came from man. The law measures the sin that's already there, and it makes us conscious of that and, and the penalty that comes with it. It's when we begin to recognize that we are guilty. Only then can we begin to see our need for Jesus Christ because the penalty must be paid. God would not be a just God if he let one get off and somebody else he didn't. He's perfect, he's just, he's holy. We find that we're no longer under the law, thank God. But Jesus didn't come to destroy the law, he came to fulfill the law. You see, this is what grace is all about. By God's grace, you're now under his grace God's law is fulfilled through Jesus Christ. We find that to be under the law is to be under its claim to absolute, complete obedience because the Bible says if we have broken it in the smallest, then we've broken it all. We somehow try to get this picture of, you know, these, these really big black sins over here and these little white ones that aren't so important. But the Bible says that if we break any part, then we've broken the whole. As the power to be able to obey the law, to fulfill that law, can only come under grace. Being of the law is to be shut up under any inability whatsoever to be able to keep it, to be a helpless slave of sin because we would just be shown our guilt over and over and over. If you recall, as we go back to the, to the symbolism of the Old Testament, they had to keep bringing those sacrifices year after year after year after year because nothing was sufficient to take away their guilt of that law that they had broken. But to be under grace, 
is to be under that glorious canopy. The saving effects that come by God's grace that he says here in this passage, reigns through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the curse of the law has been lifted because we've been made righteous in Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God in him, it says here. We are alive unto God through Jesus Christ, he says. Under the law, sin could only have dominion over us. But under grace, sin has no dominion over us. Grace is more than conqueror. You see, grace sets us free. The law, I've heard it likened as, you can liken it to the thermometer that you use when you're sick. The thermometer doesn't give you the fever. You've got the fever. But the thermometer is a way of checking that fever to see how sick that you are. And the thermometer can't make you feel better. The thermometer can't cure you. But it can show you that you have a problem. It can show you that you're sick so that you can go get something for it. You see, God's law is perfect. It's never wrong when we look at that and we see his law, it will show us that there's something wrong, that we are sick, that we are ill. There's only one place that we can get a cure for it. Begin in the very next chapter in Romans chapter 7. Notice what he says there in verse 8. He says, but sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. What's he saying? He's not saying that sin didn't exist, but without the law, that sin was like dormant within him. He didn't know it was there. You know, it's like that many times illnesses, can get us in this world. And, and some things, you know, when you get a fever, you know that you're sick. You start throwing up, you know that you're sick. You start getting cramps and things like this. But many, many times, there's those things like those cancers that eat from within. And the problem is, is that sometimes people have no idea that it's even there. And that's the picture that he's giving us here. It's not that sin's not present, it's just that we don't realize that it's present. We don't know that it's present. But the law will show us that it's present. It'll show us that it needs to be dealt with. But we can be totally, completely set free from its domination in our lives. That doesn't mean that we suddenly become perfect. It means that in Jesus Christ, we're righteous. We're free, not because we've suddenly become perfect people, because we become a Christian well, wouldn't that be nice <laughs> if we could just make that commitment to be a Christian and somehow we never ever did another wrong thing and we never said another wrong thing. But unfortunately, we still have that flesh to deal with and to contend with. 
And that's part of what we'll look at, God willing, in, in, in our next sermon. But notice also what he says here in verse 13, chapter 7. He says, Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. He's saying that, you know, again, it's, it's, it's not the law's fault that we can't live up to it. It's our fault. But the truth is that as we begin to realize and understand and see that sin that's within us, we know that will continue to falter and make mistakes. I'd like to remind you of a passage in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18. Galatians 5 and verse 18 says, But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Literally speaking, they're not under the law, not under that law's bondage. We find that the bondage of the law is the fact that you can never, ever, ever, you can never fulfill it. You can never match up to it. You would continually, continually be in that, in that sin. But the grace of God is what sets us free. The grace of what God is what gives us hope. The only way that we have grace is because of this great day that we celebrate today, that Jesus conquered it all for us. Those that have been set free from sin were now under grace. God doesn't see us. He either sees us in our Adamic natures, in ourselves, if you would, in our flesh, or he sees us in Christ. And that's the beauty of grace. How does grace free us? Because all those failings, all those sins, all those shortcomings, all those things, that any one of them alone would be punishable by death, all of them, Jesus took for you. Not because he had to, but because he wanted to. You see, before God ever sent the law, to allow us to see our guilt before that Adam and Eve ever sinned that first time in the garden that gave sin that dominion over us in the first place. As a matter of fact, the Bible says before the foundation of the world, God had already put his plan of grace into place. <laughs> the plan was already in place because God knew. He didn't make us do it. How many times have I said to you that you can't have love unless you have the choice not to love? God didn't create you as some robot. God didn't create you without feelings, without choice. The only way that God could have a relationship with us is for not only him, the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. God loved us with that pure love and God did everything to show us that love. He was even willing to go to the cross and die for us because he, he loved us that much to set us free 
from that dominion of sin in our lives. But do you love him in return? He did it for you, but it's still, it's your choice. You see, when somebody loves you, you can either receive that love or you can reject it. You can receive it, you can return it, or you can reject it. God gave you that choice. There is no question of his love for you. Now, he's telling us in this passage that we have the Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us to lead us, to show us the way, to help us. We can't, on the one hand, be led by the Spirit and be led by the flesh. Yeah, I know if you're human today, if you're even remotely honest with yourself, you'll have to admit your flesh is powerful. Your flesh. Matter of fact, when, 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 when the apostle Paul, who God used to, to write 13 books of the New Testament, almost half of the New Testament, yet... Paul said, you know, when he looked at himself, oh, wretched man that I am. You know, why? Why don't I get all these things right? Why do I keep struggling? Why do I keep failing? If we allow the flesh to rule in our lives, then he will. Your flesh is still under sin. Your flesh will never make it to heaven. Your flesh has never planned to go to heaven. One day, God's going to give you a new body that's ready to go into glory. Not this one. We find that he tells us here that by God's grace, when Jesus Christ comes in, when we are set free from the bondage of that sin, that we have the Holy Spirit within us, to give us that power. But, you know, the truth is, is that so many times we don't want him to help. <laughs> the law shows us our guilt. Because that we're not under the law, that doesn't mean that we're taking away from holy living. No. Contrary to it, it's simply that we've got to realize and understand that it's, it is by grace, not good works, that we can be set free from sin. We can keep trying and we can keep doing better and we can keep making all of these promises, but we will continually fail. God's grace is the only thing that can set us free. You see, Jesus Christ fulfilled it all for us in him. And in him alone, we're no longer under the curse or penalty of it. If we were left to ourselves, we could never be set free from it. But we have been set free. We don't have to let him have dominion in our lives. We're not still locked away. The spirit that lives within us 
if we truly, if we truly yield ourselves to him, he will help us to fulfill that law day by day under grace. You see, don't give sin the right to rule in your life. You don't have to. But so many times people choose to. The right was taken away by Jesus Christ. Yes, when he died upon the cross and he shed his blood and he paid the atonement for your sins, but when he rose the third day, that proved what John said, that he was the propitiation not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. He was sufficient and the resurrection is what proves us because if there had been even one sin when he took on the sins of the world, if there had been one sin that wasn't taken care of, he would still be in that grave. The wages of sin is death. We know. We know that our sin was dealt with because of the resurrection. Sin no longer has the right, the power to rule in our life, except when we yield ourselves to it. We make that choice as to who we will yield ourselves. That's what we read there. When he said there in verse 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey? If you're the one that's giving in to those temptations of the flesh, if you're allowing the flesh to guide your life, it is because you're giving it that power. He says, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. You become the servants of righteousness. Thank God for the freedom from the dominion of sin that is ours in Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't come to destroy or to do away with the law. He came to set us free from the law. He came to fulfill that law in a way that we couldn't fulfill it for ourselves. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. He says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Why do we want to go back? to this one that had us locked away in bondage and we couldn't set ourselves, we couldn't get out there. Why do we want to go back and give ourselves and give that person power in our lives again when the Bible says we've been set free from him? John chapter 8, verse 36. I give you this verse in closing this morning. John chapter 8, verse 36 says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. I want you to know if you're here today, if you're still under sin's dominion, and 
I'm not talking about how good or how bad a person that you are. I'm not talking about how you measure up with the other people around you, even those Christians. I'm talking about the only. You know, <laughs> the freedom that is ours in grace. We've been set free, praise God. But that's a gift of God through Jesus Christ. You don't deserve grace. You can't earn grace. If you could deserve it in some way, if you could earn it in some way, if you could work for it in some way, if you could be a good enough person, if you could do these things, it wouldn't be grace. If you could do it under the law. But no one ever has and no one ever will except for Jesus Christ. He did it for you today. If you've never been set free, the problem is, is if, if you're still in bondage to that sin, the wages of that sin is death. It's not God's will that any should perish. God wants you to be set free. He wants you free from that bondage. And by his grace, he will set you free if you'll trust in Jesus, if you'll trust what Jesus did for you. Truly, he says, when you've believed from the heart. We've said it so many times, so many things. Now reiterate it this morning. We ought to know God's word from cover to cover. But the focus of everything in there is Jesus Christ. He's the only reason that any man has ever been saved. He's the reason God came to this earth. He's the reason that God has left us here. He's the reason that God sent to set you free. And he wants to set you free today. And Christian, if you're here and you've never put that faith in Jesus Christ, today's the day. We're getting ready to sing our closing hymn. If Maurice would come to the piano, we're going to sing, Because He Lives. Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Not because of what I've done, not because of what I hope to do, not because of what I can or can't do, but because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Today, if you don't know that with certainty, you know it's, you don't need any religion. You don't need a denomination. You need Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And today, if you don't know that you've put your faith and trust in him, then please, please, I can't do it for you, but Jesus did it for you. You could be set free by the grace of God today. You could be set free from the bondage of sin. I'd sure like to take God's word and show you how that you don't have to leave here under the bondage today. You could be let out of that jail right here today before you leave this place. And Christian, has that old ruler been getting the best of you? Has he been getting rule in your life? And you know, you know you can blind yourself to it. You can try to shut it out. You can try to, to rationalize it. Is God reigning in your life today? Is Jesus Christ reigning in your life? Is it the spirit that you've yielded yourself to? Or the flesh? You don't have to leave here yielding yourself back into that bondage that you've been set free from.
You can leave here free today, knowing that you're free, feeling that freedom. You know, they say that it's one of the most intoxicating things in all of the world. Is that when you've been held in bondage, when you've been held down by somebody else, when you've been locked away by somebody else, when you've been held prisoner and suddenly you're set free. You can leave here free today. You don't have to be in bondage to sin in your flesh. You can be free in the Spirit of God. Father, you know the hearts of each one here today. And Lord, as we sing this song, I just pray, Lord, I, I know that my words are feeble. I know that there's so much in this passage today that we've only just scraped the service. But Lord, as we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday, as we think of the fact that Jesus rose for us, Lord, help us to realize that, Lord, that's what set us free. <laughs> that grace that frees us from the bondage of sin, from the bondage that we were in, Lord, I pray that today that you would help each one here to recognize and to realize you want them to be free. And Lord, we read that verse a moment ago. Him who the sun sets free is free indeed. I pray today, Lord, that each soul would leave here to that great freedom that you want for them. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.